All right, we're back. Listeners, to you, it's been a week, but to us, it's been like a day. So if we're not as funny and charming, I don't know, maybe we can only bring it once a week. Let's see. Adjust, yeah, adjust your headphones. It's probably <laughs> on your end if we're not as charming as we normally are. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's what you're bringing, your energy that you're bringing into this. Yeah, uh, we can do this. We got this. You know, it's a movie night. This is chill. We're going over the movie Pride. Um, it's available on Amazon or, you know, the internet, wherever. It's the 2014 one of it. There's apparently also a 20, 2007 ah. one that's a different thing. Fairly common name, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's one word, so sure. makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's get into it. I mean, I want to just give my up top seal of approval i like this movie it was fun yeah same here if you're looking for us to rip this movie you've come to the wrong podcast too bad <laughs> we're fans and i knew i was gonna be a fan pretty much immediately when they started with solidarity forever by pete Seeger and showing strike footage from uh mining town so i'm like yeah i'm in you got me yeah this that was an awesome opening <laughs> i put that too <laughs> yeah that they know me up top, you know, the the footage they show, that is real footage from the mining strike in 1984. Any background on that? Yeah, yeah. So what they're, you know, movies based on a true story set in the UK miners' strike of 1984 and 1985. This was a strike by the National Union of Mine Workers uh, against the, what was called the National Coal Board, which was essentially like the nationalized... Uh, coal industry run at the time by margaret thatcher's conservative government boo hater yeah would um, kill again (laughs) for real her uh grave a suitable gender neutral bathroom for anybody (laughs) i love that we should replace all the signage of bathrooms to just say metaphorically thatcher's grave (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh that that's where this is set and the main character mark ashton played by ben schnetzer is also a a real historical figure he was a gay rights activist obviously founded this organization that we're gonna also talk about one interesting thing that I, i saw in like criticism of the film is that he was a member of the Communist Party of Great Britain. Oh. Like, he was an out-and-out communist. He was eventually, after this, uh, after the... Events of the movie. Yeah, he was general secretary of the youth wing of that, of the of the Young Communist League. So he was, like, you know, a major communist, but it's, not like, really not touched on. Yeah, like, someone calls him communist as, like, a bad thing. Like at one point, he doesn't really address it. I was hoping he'd be like, yeah, I am. (laughs) Someone heckled, yeah, with that. But you'll see it in banners and stuff throughout the movies. There'll be like socialism. I don't know if they actually put Communist Party on there, but I saw actual pictures of the strike with people with communist banners, like the Communist Party, blah, blah, blah. Uh, So that happened in real life. But I don't know if they actually say straight up communism besides that one thing interesting yeah it's always used derogatorily in the movie instead of like yeah by the way this very cool guy that you love who is adorable communist yeah so sort of fellow communist activists and uh, his you know friends were kind of like 
mm, it was kind of weird. You know, you probably should have said something about it. Yeah, like that's such a big deal. That's such a big part of his life to edit out. Yeah. Okay, so we meet Mark collecting buckets. Um, this is on the day of the Gay Pride March in London in 1984. And, you know, he's going to all his neighbors and stuff. And uh, we find out that these are collection buckets uh, for supporting the miners. This is also where we meet our other main character. I have him as my, in my notes as Bromley, which ends up being his nickname. So I'm just going to stick with that. Yeah, that's what I always called him, too. Okay, great. Uh, his character name, he was a fictional character, uh, like a composite, I guess. Uh, but it's Joe Cooper. But yeah, everyone called him Bromley. Uh, I guess like where he was from or his neighborhood or something. I think so, yes. Okay. Sorry, British listeners. You're like, of, of course, that's why they call him Bromley, mate. <laughs> everyone knows Bromley. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he very much represents like someone who is new to this movement and is like a little intimidated, not ready to come out. And, mm-hmm. you know, baby's first protest, baby's first pride march, even not even a protest, you know. Um, and he just happens to to walk next to the mining group and some things happen. Uh, one thing I wanted to say about like why they were collecting, because we mentioned, oh, there was a strike. So the strike uh, was basically that the government was trying to close they said certain coal mines and people were like you want to close more coal mines than that which was true they found out later and basically just the general like trend towards more more and more firings they call them colliers over there but this is the british term for a coal mine oh okay more and more closures of those and basically transitioning from that not to clean alternatives, but to importing coal and burning oil for electricity generation. Okay. Okay. So they're just cutting them out because it's too expensive. Yeah. So the National Union of Mine Workers uh, went on strike uh, against that. Basically, they their president was a guy named Arthur Scargill, uh, who was, I think they, someone drops, name drops. Th- yeah, at that some sounds point. familiar. He was also a former member of the Young Communist League. So he was he was also just a straight up communist. Hell yeah. Uh, he was very controversial or antagonistic. People were like, love it or hate it with this guy. You know, uh, but I mean, he sounds like a good socialist. I mean, I'm not going to knock his credentials or anything because he was always fighting against these bosses. But the big thing with this strike is it doesn't really take off everywhere. So they don't the National Union of Mine Workers didn't ever hold a nationwide ballot, a oh. nationwide whole vote of all the union members to say, are we all going on strike? So they would have these regional strikes uh, in certain places. So certain work sites and stuff would go would go on strike, but other ones would continue. Which like defeats the point of having a union. Like you need that solidarity. Yeah, that's one of the big weaknesses that people point to with the failure of the strike spoiler alert it does fail is that it was harder to cripple the coal operators that way because one of thatcher's big goals was to stockpile enough coal so that they don't have to they don't have to bow to demands because they would uh this had happened before in the 70s they had had a big coal strike 
the government uh, was trying to dig in its heels and everything. They instituted the three-day week, <gasps> which was not like the three-day week. Like you like get we to want. chill and <laughs> yeah, you get to chill at the well. You did get to chill at the house, but like literally chill because you would have electricity like three <gasps> days a week. Oh my god! <laughs> and that brought down the government. Everyone was like, "You fucking asshole!" Yeah. And it was Scargill who ran that, the National Union of Mine Workers, who had that victory. And so they were kind of fresh off that, or it had been decade, a decade, but still. But still, yeah, just to know, like, you have that option. Right. And that, that's kind of what they were going for. That's why Thatcher was trying to stockpile coal. Uh, and really, it seems like succeeded because of that just lack of organization, because of that, like, some places were doing it and some places weren't. Scargill kind of thought that he could use flying pickets, which is where you like would just bus striking miners from your one place that's striking to go and shut down another place that maybe wasn't striking. You would just picket that place anyway. I mean, if they're a good worker, they're not going to cross the picket line, even if they're not. They didn't think they were on strike, you know. Okay, so. yeah, I was I was kind of confused about some of the geography here. We'll we'll get into it of like busing the miners. I guess I was like to where, but it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's the context of it. You guys are probably familiar with this enough already that, like, uh, you know, strikers need strike funds. Those are done through the union, but also take outside donations uh, basically to subsidize people because they're not drawing their wage from the employer. You know, the union says, we're going to pay you this this sort of rate of, like, strike rate. You're on the picket line. You're getting this percentage of your pay, basically, and there's a lot of mutual aid. There's a lot of the community tr- basically trying to figure out how to feed itself and feed the workers, feed the families, because that income is cut out. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see that in the film. Yeah. So that's what they're, that's what they're doing. They're raising money for that. They're like, we can help. And I think someone raises a good point here while they're like campaigning at the parade, or he kind of makes the pitch of like, who's our common enemy? Uh, yeah, I love his whole approach to this. Like, first off, like, you know, he's coming up the day of the parade. Like, let's do this thing. And someone is like, we didn't plan this. He's like, so? <laughs> like, he's yeah. very just like, just I had like, an idea. Let's like, it. let's do it. And yeah, he, he makes the argument that, like, think about what they're up against. They're up against the cops. They're up against the press. And who's uh, Thatcher. And he's like, yeah, we mm-hmm. hate all those guys, too. Like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Common enemy, Thatcher, the Tories, the bosses, the cops. Let, I mean, it's intersectionality. You yeah, know? like that is such a great way to think about it. And I know we say it all the time, like whose side you're on, but like I think that's a nice concrete way to put it. Like, hey, like, do you is this also like are these guys the bad guys? Yeah, okay, then you're my friend, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, the real Mark Ashton had this class analysis to understand, you know, why who the real bad guy behind the scenes of all those people are, who are they all serving, you know, but it's also a good common pitch to regular people, you know, who aren't interested necessarily in picking up the red banner yet, but Hey, let's go do this. You know, let's go fight these, these, uh, common foes. But I think it does work in the context of this movie. Like you see a couple of people in the, in the gay rights movement who are like, why, why would I help a minor? Like they fucking hate me. They like, right. This cultural conservatism thing Mm -hmm. in the American context, maybe it would be, I guess, like coal miners or like, you know, from our perspective, like Trump-ish supporters Mm -hmm. or blue collar people or what have you. Yeah. So like 
why would I help? And, and, you know, we have those conversations today, like, what do we do about, like, the working class that is currently being tricked by the other side, you know, like. Yeah, and it's only also partial because. Yeah, like not all see of in them. The movie, yeah, well, like we see in the movie, you know, they get there with minors and they realize that they also have, like, a, a real left contingent of them. They have, you know, working class roots that are, that aren't, um, that don't fit these stereotypes of. Oh, they're all just reactionary, you know, meatheads or whatever. Okay, so yeah, they start collecting, and then afterwards they're like, "All right, let's keep going." Mark is like, "Let's start uh, an organization, uh, LGSM, Lesbians and Gays for the Miners." I mean, I love this too. This is something that I thought was really well threaded throughout the movie. Is like being unapologetically queer. Uh, there are a few moments where I worry, like, oh, are they going to tone it down? And they never tone it down. And I love that. Right. Because for a while, they're like calling people on the phone. I'm like, hey, we're lesbians and gay support the minors. Yeah. Immediately. Up up. <laughs> yeah. And like, you also have to understand this is on the backdrop of the, the AIDS crisis is there as well. So like, there is a lot of fear mongering happening. Like, you know, maybe for our younger listeners who, I mean, and me too, it's not like I was fucking around, but. <laughs> we were, yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> Too Not. young to understand. I knew it was like a plot line in uh, network TV episodes <laughs> and stuff. Like, oh, it'd be the AIDS episode. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, someone yeah. got HIV or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, there was a lot of uh, fear in the atmosphere as it comes to, like, gay lib at this point. The lesbians and gays support the minors, also a, a historical group. So this whole thing is, you know, based on their actions they start organizing i thought this was interesting they show it in the film this uh, bookshop called gay yeah. is the word oh, which is I a great that. name uh, that's really good i want one of those in my neighborhood <laughs> it's also it's a real place uh, it was the first uh, lgbt bookshop in the uk amazing it was founded by a gay socialist group in 1979 very cool and yeah, it's got one of those uh, for it. It's called a blue plaque. It's like a, the British historical marker. But it, it talks about like how uh, Lesbians Gay Support the Miners was founded there, I think, and how they started organizing there. That's awesome. Uh, real quick, I want to point out like some imagery that's used in the movie. Um, maybe again for listeners who aren't aware, um, a common symbol in this movie is an upside down triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a historically interesting i guess symbol so it was originally used in nazi camps to designate homosexuals uh and it was reclaimed by the community during i guess maybe the 60s to 80s i'm not super sure on the timelines there but or you know definitely during this time period usually pink and it's fucking cool <laughs> yeah they, they re, like you said reclaim that it's a cool symbol too just stylistically <laughs> yes yes it always looks cool uh, when in doubt. <laughs> oh, real quick line here that comes into play later uh, when he's first meeting Steph, who is who is the L in LGSM. She's super cool. Bromley's chatting with her and she says that he is illegal. And I had to like stop and do a Google to learn about this. So apparently at this time in Britain, there was still like an anti-sodomy law on the books. And it prohibited those acts unless you were 21 and over for men and i think 16 and over for women which like i'm not sure how that makes sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah yeah that's what i figured they were meaning 
So yeah, good to know my assumption was correct there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I it was one of the, my stupider Googles, like UK gay law 1980. <laughs> it was not a good Google. <laughs> I, I just didn't have a didn't have my brain on. We all yeah, we all turn in subpar queries, but we get there in the end. <laughs> we get there eventually. <laughs> uh. But yeah, so I guess he was 20, turning soon to turn 21, and in the course of the film, he does. Yeah, so, you know, he definitely has an element of, like, kind of danger here of being a known homosexual. And he, he still lives with his parents, and so he's got to deal with all that. One thing I liked here is a theme they have throughout the movie. Um, it kind of starts off in the bookshop when they're starting to plan things. It's kind of a tension between the the older and younger generation of of the queer movement here. You know, they, they reference uh, the, the older guy... Um, what is his name? The actor guy, um, the one that has HIV, Jonathan. Okay. Oh, Jonathan. Yeah, played by Dominic West from The Wire. Oh, okay. He was very handsome and very good, very good dancer. <laughs> and Gethin too is kind of like one of the older ones. And um, Jonathan is like not interested. He's like, "Why the fuck are we doing this? Like, whatever." And Gethin says, "Like, what about Gay Lib? You know, what happened to Gay Lib?" And so I think it's interesting that like throughout the movie. Jonathan is kind of brought back into this movement of like, oh, yeah, like, let's go do direct action and shit like that. And I think there's good examples of other kinds of <laughs> of approaches. The the gay couple that signs up because they're like, yeah, we just want something to do. <laughs> yeah. At, at one point, they tell they ask Jonathan to tone it down. So they're they're more so on the, I guess, assimilationist side of things. Yeah, or like the kind of winning public support through like, ex- like you said, I guess ex- assimilation or acceptance. Respectability like, politics. Yeah, there you That's go. That's the word. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Of like, hey, you know, we're normal people like you. Mm-hmm. you know, so we deserve rights. Not just like, we're humans that deserve rights. Yeah, yeah. And I think they do a good job. I do think the communism thing is where they drew the line of like, yeah, we're not going to show that. <laughs> we're not that weird. <laughs> we're not that far gone. But everything else was, was pretty unapologetic gay wise. But yeah, they, they could have gone further. <laughs> yeah. Especially to be historically accurate. But yeah, like that was that guy's whole deal. Like that's annoying. Yeah. But I mean, I don't, I think that that is a punch they pulled. I don't think that, they pulled many, though. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I just have a note. Good Lord, they're all so cute, and I want to be friends with all of them. <laughs> this is, yeah, this would be the best. This, uh, this is like a, a theme we'll see carried on throughout. Uh, is just like with Salt of the Earth, you see, you get to see people truly experiencing joy, fighting for their freedoms and the freedoms of others like joy in the struggle yes definitely and like joy and in community and in and supporting each other i i do i mean even though i think it's kind of like a i don't know i think the storyline was put in to make it more relatable to modern times bromley's whole coming out deal and it's fine there's nothing wrong with it like coming out stories are still important but like I feel like it's just the most common narrative we get, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas I think it would have been ballsier just to go straight with like, hey, we're talking about 
you know, intersectionality here. Like, that is the main story. Like, I think that would have been more interesting to me. Mm, okay. Because probably to me, I mean, it's good, but like, one, he's made up. <laughs> I'm sure this happened, but it's not necessary to the story. It is really just a way to be like, oh, look at this baby, you know, who who wandered in here and like is, you know, just swept up in this world. And it's a way to sympathize of like, oh, this poor kid is getting kicked out of his house, which like sucks. Don't fucking get me wrong. I'm not trying to trivialize that or minimize it, but it's just that to me, it again centers the personal narrative of coming out instead of like the the again the solidarity the intersectionality the like the big labor story yeah i mean honestly it was probably to me it felt like the b plot it wasn't really what we were there for which i'm not opposed to Uh, my reading of it is more like let's make sure we have classic movie storyline storytelling element here to just just to, to to make it go down smoother for everybody yeah, maybe that's it. And, and this happened in another film. I can't remember which one. But yeah, maybe that is like... Like we're not making Harlan County, USA here. We're trying to... Mm-hmm. Not, it's not a documentary. So. Yeah, we got to have a guy to root for. We got to have a fucking exposition, denouement, whatever. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I like that. And again, I'm not trying to be a fucking like, no more coming out stories. <laughs> like, Don't <laughs> message me with that. That's not the point here. You're taking it out of context. I'm just saying that like, that is become kind of a common thing in the media and I'm looking forward to new stories. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't consume a lot of them, so I liked it, but <laughs> I can see which, yeah, it, like I said, I took it as the B plot of like, Oh, this is cute. You know, it's great. Uh, yeah. But. I like this one better than I do most because I mean, this I think had that historical background of like the AIDS crisis and like the sodomy laws and stuff like that. So like the, the stakes were really fucking high. So it was interesting for sure. Yeah, it was a a setting we're not used to seeing that in. Maybe, maybe. yeah, yeah. Or a novel setting, yeah. Okay, back to the big labor story. <laughs> back to the yeah. A plot. <laughs> so they decide to, you know, they're collecting all this money, and they're like, what the fuck do we do with it? Like, no one is taking it. Yeah, that's when they were getting hung up on, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> they, they pick a town at random, and they end up picking a Welsh town. Oh, dear, I didn't write down the pronunciation. So... My most common pages, of course, uh, I'm always trolling the inflation calculator page. (laughs) My second most, or depending on the week, the first most is the IPA pages of various languages, like the the phonetic alphabet, Ah. so I can figure out how to pronounce shit. They, They give me that symbol, they give me two Welsh words for it, English approximation. No English equivalent. (laughs) Good luck. Start making weird sounds. On Lewin? I'm going to say On Lewin. All On Lewin. Let's try that. Sure. Okay. So it's a small town of Wales, and they decide to give him a call. And, you know, as fate would have it, an older woman answers and can't hear them well. So she says, yeah, we'll take your money. <laughs> so then they send a representative. Um, well, the, the whale, Welsh town does. So they send a guy named Di, D-A-I. <laughs> Um, is this guy real? He is totally real. David Dye Donovan, played by Patty Considine. He is, he was a guest speaker at one of the screenings for the film. So yeah, actual real guy. Okay. Well, he's totally charming in this film. <laughs> one of yeah, my favorites. For sure. He plays he's the nice. literal straight man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he comes and he meets them. And he's like, yeah, I've never met 
gay people before and they're like, yeah, that you know of, which great point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. You know, they, they kind of take him out to, to get the message out about the miners and he goes to a drag club and like makes a charming little speech of like, Hey, like we need your help. And here's how it goes. He, this is when he first brings up the banner, the solidarity banner, which I like the hands clasped giving very East German vibes or old socialist party of America logo vibes. Yes, definitely. All right. So then we get to go to our little Welsh town and see how they are reacting to this new contributor. And we get to meet Xi'an who is this really adorable lady. I think she's really cute. And it's like her first day here. And she goes in and, and overhears the committee meeting and they are divided on whether or not to accept this money and to, well, not even to accept it. They're taking the money, <laughs> but whether or not they should invite LGSM to their uh, headquarters. And they've invited every other support group. And so, um, uh, Hafina, who is actually, she's the actress that played Dolores Umbridge in the Harry Potter series. She does a great job in this movie. Yeah. Total heel turn. Yeah. For real. I'm like, Oh, I love you now. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you did great. She's like, Hey, we've invited every other group. Like if you say you don't have a problem with it, cause of course all of them are like, I don't have a problem with it, but <laughs> then we're inviting them. So but other people might. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she on, uh, steps in too. And is like, Hey, like, we should invite them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, she's not on the committee. She's just like packing boxes in there. Oh, yeah. She was just helping. She's um, a wife of one of the men in the union. Yes. Though, right. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, the gays decide to go visit. <laughs> There's just some really great lines uh, just of comedy <laughs> yeah. in this whole thing. They say, your gays have arrived. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> I was sort of saying that every time I enter a room. <laughs> Your gays have arrived. <laughs> and the old lady, she's like, I have a question about lesbians I've been wondering forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. Hmm. Oh. So this is where they show up and kind of have to make friends. Yeah, the first like encounter basically doesn't go super well. I mean, I think it goes okay with like that smaller, like the committee and Xion and, you know, Dai and all those guys. The older guy, too. Oh, the old He's guy. He's great. Uh, Bill Nye. Also was in Harry Potter. Uh, he was the new prime minister in that, like the bad See, one. I always remember him as uh, the guy in the Underworld movies. He was like oh, the chief vampire yeah. guy. That's, oh my God, I forgot. He does so good and he's so fabulous. Yeah, that's who I... That's a better picture him as. <laughs> <laughs> but in this, he's so staid. He's, you know, he's like, I, I thought they all stood for London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, he's just this very, like, rigid old man. But yeah, so that, you know, that goes pretty well. But then, you know, when um, Mark has to make a speech, it does not go super well. Like, it's just very, like, flat, no response kind of thing. Every, yeah, everybody's giving the cold shoulder. I do like his pitch at when he starts to lose the crowd, he's like, well, statistically speaking, a fifth, a fifth of you are happy to see us. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, like, stop lying, okay? <laughs> yeah. Some of you guys out there, you're just keeping it under wraps. Mm-hmm. Which is true. Like he told Di, uh, that you know of. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> and we learned that is true. So, yeah, some people walk out, and it's shitty, 
Um, they all stay at Di's house because no one else wanted to take them in. <laughs> and Yeah, they're all like head to toe, just on the floor. <laughs> Sleepover. <laughs> yeah. Which looks fun, but uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, some of them are scared. They're like, dude, like shit might break bad here. I just want to jump to a little scene that, you know, they're they're giving them a tour of the town and Mark is chatting with Di and they have a great discussion about solidarity. And, you know, they, they talk about, you know, Mark is like, I just realized like, you know, like I'm from Northern Ireland. I know what it's like when people don't talk to each other and, and this is, you know, what we need to do. And it's just a good little chat. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's the theme throughout though, is that constant, that's, solidarity that intersectionality of like this is we've all got to be in this together and not in the stupid class collaborationist way but in the (laughs) which side are you on way yeah yeah like i think this movie is a, a really good case study for that i'm very into it and i love that it's you know historic and real and in the 80s when like support was way lower Okay, so the next bit is um, they, they are at this castle tour and they well, someone mentions that two uh, people are have been arrested. They got arrested, I guess, at one of the strike actions or do they even say? They don't okay. even really say. Jonathan is like, oh, that's illegal. And, you know, the, the Welsh people are like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, no, I've been like arrested before. <laughs> like, just <laughs> gives them the lowdown of like, yeah, they can't hold you without evidence. They can't hold you without like, you know, reasonable cause. Like he knows his rights, basically. Yeah. And tells uh Xi'an what to say and so she goes down there and like yells at them to release the men um and it's fantastic yeah she huffs up there and gets them released i mean i this is one of my genres on tiktok that i like to watch are videos <laughs> of people reco- yeah people recording like them basically annoying cops <laughs> Just be like, no, I don't have to show you my ID. No, you know, they're just like assholes to them. It's very funny. It's unnecessary. Like you don't, you can probably have an, yeah, you can, it's dangerous. You can have an easier day, even if you look the right way to get away with it. You can have an easier day not doing it, but it's still funny. It's it's, very funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, maybe you should feel, you know, mean for like making someone's life harder, but they're a cop. But they suck. It's fine. <laughs> they deserve it. They could just stop being a cop. Right. That's the thing. We, we <laughs> welcome back in into the fold if they stop that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should get like my rights laminated and put in my car for reference. Yeah. <laughs> I probably should. <laughs> what to do if you get, how to be annoying when you get pulled over. <laughs> I just have it like on my windshield visor, you know, so I can just pull it down like, okay, here we go. Just like, yeah, just hand it to them. I'm going to do this to you. Do you want to deal with this or you want to just let me the fuck go? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, you know, they just did this awesome thing, got two people out of jail. And I think this is really a big turning point where the committee is like, oh, these guys are awesome. Like they're helping us you know this is proof is in the fucking pudding and they stand up for them at, at, at back at the the lodge i guess is what they call it right their welfare is what they call it yeah their their meeting hall basically and you know someone says something homophobic and dies like hey what, what are you talking about like no just cut that shit out yeah they're the guys that got you out and they're like oh and one of them is like no i'm still an asshole and one of them stays <laughs> yeah it's funny that he does the, you know, the classic straight man thing of like, well, I didn't want to hang out with them because I didn't want them to think I was interested. And uh, <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, because you're such a fucking prize. Like, you're irresistible. <laughs> that's like, I don't know, man. That's like a stupid thing that 
a lot of young men have growing up thinking that just middle school sort of stupid things and you're like you just think that uh, or whatever if you're poorly i don't know if you if you don't understand things as we didn't in reactionary east texas or whatever but i mean i was listening to this it was kind of an older not old but you know it was like 2012 or so um interview with cameron esposito and she like had this whole theory she's like i think men are just scared of butt sex (laughs) 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 because it's like like it's it's just such a vulnerable thing like she has a whole theory about it it was really interesting <laughs> but she's just like it it is such a uh, a visceral reaction that is like they're so scared that someone will think that they're gay and yeah like they go out of their way to be like no no it's not me <laughs> right yeah now so. it's more like oh that'd be that's be very flattering it's just, okay yeah it was like hey you're hot like Thank you. Thank you. You made my day. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Kyle's gotten a few numbers before from gay men, and I'm very proud. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's how you know you got a good one. Right? It's like, oh, you're a sweetie. You're put together and you're a sweetie. Is this where they basically like have the get together party and they're, they're like, you know, bonding? Yes. Yes. And I love this. Um, fucking Jonathan gets out there and tears it up on the dance floor and like it's super fun and keep them like also very good strat getting in good with all like the wives because they're gonna like go turn around tell their husbands like hey stop being an asshole <laughs> because yeah. they're not threatened by butt sex <laughs> and then the guys who were previous like you know the guys who were like oh I can't dance or whatever they're like hey can you teach me to dance exactly and like <laughs> that pans out like we see it later in the movie like that guy learned how to dance and you know got some ladies out of it yeah <laughs> so great strategy i love it <laughs> i mean we just need to you know incorporate that into our recruitment strategies sexy dance moves have parties dance yes recruit i mean Wear that's how we coats. grow our numbers <laughs> look hot <laughs> I like this party. It sounds good. I like both the party and the organization and party in the festive the party, festivities party. Yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> we put the party in communist party. Yes, please. <laughs> Don't leave it out. <laughs> oh yeah. The old lady's question about lesbians, by the way, was asking if they're vegetarians. Are they all? Yeah. They're like, no, we're vegan. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> oh. Like that, like that was her, hang up about lesbians like well i can't trust they're they're vegetarians yes that's so silly uh one thing i love is is the story about geffen and how he is welsh i i don't know this hit me very hard as someone who like kind of knows the second language and doesn't get to hear it that often he gets a phone call from from the town and they they notice his accent and they tell him like i assume happy christmas in in welsh it looks like it i'm guessing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's Christmas, so I'm like, well, probably. And he's just so touched by it, because he, he hasn't been back in years, because, like, his mom kicked him out. And, I don't know, I was very touched by that. Like, imagine hearing a language you hadn't heard in so long, and said in, like, a loving voice by, like, a motherly figure. Like, that would be intense. Yeah. Uh, this is Gethin, played by Andrew Scott. He's, um, he, uh, Sherlock. He's the mm. antagonist guy. Moriarty? Uh, yeah, Moriarty. Oh. Ah. In the BBC one. Okay, okay. Well, he looks very bedraggled. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, I, I liked that. Uh, 
whole prodigal son angle that mm-hmm. that that he has to go through. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. It's also like I guess more of a personal mm, one character example of what they were mentioning before of like why should we help these miners? Like these guys are have been assholes to us as a not specifically miners, but like the pe- region, more rural people or whatever. Yeah, and he's like, I know, I lived that. You know, I'm that's why I'm here instead of where I grew up. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's an interesting plot line. Like he ends up reconciling with his mom. One thing that rubbed me the wrong way, just because like I'm just a prickly little pear, is <laughs> at some point he talks to Hafina and he's like, Yeah, I haven't talked to my mom in like 16 years, and she's like, uh, like he said, she refuses to talk to me, and she says, well, like, what have you said? And like, kind of puts it back on him. I don't know. To me, I'm like, if you were, and maybe it's just a, a symptom of like the times, like that required that much more explanation and and work, I guess. But like, I I am not a super forgiving person on that front. I guess I'm just like, okay, like you can't take back some things. Like I'm like, that's traumatic, you know? Like yeah. That, to me, I'd want the other person to come back and be like, yeah, I fucked up. Right, but what is mom going to go to therapy or something? Like, it's the 80s. <laughs> I know. They don't, you know. I know, yeah. And I, I know that that is not always the case today, too. Like, you have to you have to meet people where they're, they're at. But I think... But it's okay if you don't. And it's you okay were like, if you don't, maybe, I guess. Maybe she put that on him too much instead of just saying, maybe, you know, if you do want to talk to her, you have to make the first move, but you don't have to. Exactly. Like putting putting the ball in his court in a less like accusatory way, I guess, which is like a super minor gripe. Like I overall still liked that storyline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think it I don't think it takes anything away from it, really, because she is also older. Like it makes sense for her to see it that way and not really do the more mm, emotional awareness, I guess, <laughs> that we would. Yeah. Yeah. So they go back to the town and it's winter and like it's pretty bad news bears over there very cold and like they're shutting off their electricity and stuff or their gas i think yeah they don't have gas they don't have like hot showers and you know it's pretty rough this is when the the lesbians of the group want to start a splinter group this storyline kind of gets like dismissed and then brought back up later i guess i don't know um i i kind of wish it, we had been able to follow them just a smidge more. I'd love, you know, kick out one of the the B or C plots to follow the lesbians a little because they wanted to, like, start a women's group. Yeah, I mean, they do. This is also a reflection of real life. So this was Lesbians Against Pit Closures, which did basically break away from lesbians and gay support the minors, sort of criticizing it, saying that, uh, you know, it was, it, it was the men who were mm-hmm. running the meetings and being very men about running the meetings, you know? <laughs> yeah. They were saying they didn't have as much of a say. They wanted to focus more uh, on feminist ideas, uh, bringing such ideas into the working men's sphere, like, like setting up like a miners Institute, but basically bringing in more feminist notions into like the welfares and, and their, the miners culture and things and really pushing that more, than just kind of like getting along. So I guess providing more for the women's issues, mm-hmm. like kind of like we saw in Salt of the Earth, we're like, hey, like women have a stake in this too. Yeah, uh, and in real life, what you're saying, it, it didn't really get the screen time, but what they did essentially was continue to do, you know, the, the support work and everything that uh, LGSM was doing. Mm-hmm. 
they were still raising money for the miners and everything. They were just organized like internally for themselves and they, uh, you know, did their own meetings and stuff and, and they just basically were parallel work. I mean, it seemed pretty cool. And with that extra focus on, you know, feminism and everything, it doesn't seem to have hurt them, you know? And, and I'm like, that's, that's fine. And it kind of would have been cool to explore that or to show that like, it's more of a, I don't know, almost a variety thing. Like pick your stripe, like you get to be in whatever group you want and you're still in the fight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish that had been touched on a little more of like, yeah, this, that's fine too. If you want to do that. Like, I think it is valid. Like what they're talking about is like, yeah, we want to have like a safe space to discuss women's issues. And like, yeah, you might need that. Like these are maybe women who don't have, um, access to things they need or like education or whatever like yeah you should absolutely like take time to listen to that specific group it wasn't characterized as like these are they're bad for doing it i mean maybe a smidge like steph was like oh i don't want to join yeah at first it was kind of like oh like you were and you were kind of wondering like oh no is this not going to be good like is the movement breaking up but then then it's fine and they meet up at the end and they're they're still there in solidarity (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just think a couple of more scenes of them working together in between would have been I would have cool. loved it. Just because, it, you're right, it is kind of dropped and then brought back. Like, hey, here they are. Everything was <laughs> fine. <laughs> and you're like, oh, like, whew, great. I, cool. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> Let's see. This is where the women sing Bread and Roses, and I nearly cried. <laughs> yes. A great song. Oh, so good. So good. And and Mark is like, we're going to do something big. <laughs> he makes a huge promise of like, I don't know what it is, but we're going to do something really big. Because he realizes like morale is low. Yeah, because they're, they're in the doldrums. <laughs> and things are so bad that our friend of the show, Maureen, this is where she rats on them. Yes. Calls up the tabloids and says, you'll never believe. Yes. So she tells them that this mining town is getting support from perverts and it's not great the strikers show up and get mocked from this the strikers so i guess they're being bused to a larger uh picket line it seems like Mm, yeah yeah and you know the other miners there like make fun of them and call them names and blah 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 and then you know back in london the shop gets gets bricked and I guess firecrackers too. I couldn't tell. I yeah, guess that's they what just, it was. It was just yeah, some M80s or something. I mean, it's still not great, but no. But that's the best you can do unless you're actually in an organization getting like pipe bombs and stuff. Over in over in the UK, you can't really. It's not as heavy <laughs> artillery over there as it is here. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's true. I don't know. I like this moment a lot. This is this is when. I mean, this is when the shit hits the fan, you know, mm-hmm. the the town is very divided of like, okay, like we can't, this is embarrassing. This is distracting. You know, we, we got to shut this down. And then back at the, the London headquarters, they're like, fuck it. Let's embrace it. Like if they want to call us perverts, then let's be fucking perverts. <laughs> yeah. That's when they come up. Is that when they come up with a name for it? The. Yes. Pits, uh, pits and perverts, is it? Or yeah, perverts that's and pits. It. I think pits and perverts sounds. Yes. That, that's probably what it is. That sounds More alliterative. <laughs> and so they decide to throw like a music benefit and, and do like a huge concert and all the proceeds will go to the miners and just like really fucking do what they do best, which is party. <laughs> Hell yeah. The party party. 
so the, in organizing this, I thought it was interesting. At some point, the union guys are talking about this, and I think it's um, Bill Nye's character who is talking about like, you know, oh, put the bad headlines and look what they're saying about them. And he says, I don't believe what they say about us. Why should I believe what they say about them? Yes, I wrote that quote down because that is fantastic. Like, again, like that's what happens. Like, you have to take a critical eye to media, figure out like who they're trying to pit you against. Yeah, exactly. Whether this is about identities that you're not a part of, you know, and you're like, well, I don't know if they're strange in some way because they get represented badly in the media and I'm not a part of them. Or it's about, you know, countries that imperialist nations don't like. And so you may be like, well, I don't know. You got to keep that same skeptical eye of like, I know I wouldn't just be like, Oh, the New York Times says that this union's bad, you know, or or <laughs> these these workers are on strike because they're greedy. Like, oh, so says the Wall Street Journal. Well, why should I listen to them when they say these other things <laughs> either? Yeah. Why why do you think they're saying that? To whom does it benefit? I probably yeah. used whom wrong, but I don't <laughs> care. They throw this rock in concert. I love this act, this the singer. I need to look up who that was because I enjoyed it. Mark's fucking outfit is on point. I just want to point that out. I, that's just goals. The suspender, the earrings, the hair, everything's perfect. <laughs> like, wow, I might just steal that look. Uh, yeah, no, that was a good, that was a good, a good showing, <laughs> a good show. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Bromley gets a smooch. They take the Welsh ladies out on the town afterwards. <laughs> it's really yeah. fun. It's they feel just... like they party. Yeah, they go to all the clubs. It's just very classic, like, you know, look at us taking these these straight women out for a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mark runs into, like, I guess an ex um, out when he's out at the clubs and insinuates that he's on a a farewell tour. That's what he says. And Mark kind of figures out, oh, shit, I think he has AIDS. So mm -hmm. he is very scared, understandably. Yeah. And then Bromley's parents find his stash of photos and articles, so they're yelling at him, and the the gays and their their Welsh friends are hurrying back to the town for a union meeting, uh, but that bitch Maureen moved it up, because of course yeah. she did. Total chicanery here, like, this... They're they're like chilling. They're like, oh, we're gonna be early. Like we mm-hmm. we rushed for no reason. We're gonna be early. They show up. The vote already happened. Yeah, and they vote to refuse further help. Ugh, horrible. And Maureen says something that I think is interesting. Like, I think one of the fears maybe of accepting intersectionalist help is she accuses them of using the minors for their own agenda of gay rights. What What do you think about that? Well, I don't think they were, or they were doing kind of a silly job of it. <laughs> it's a weird way to do that. <laughs> everything was focused on, like, raising money for the strikers. They didn't put any pressure on legislatures. They didn't take any direct action to, like, oppose different, you know, discriminatory laws. They didn't, like, go into the, the welfare and say, well, you have to start a gay group here, or you have to do X, Y, Z. Like, they didn't take over in any way. Right. So I don't I just don't think they did that. <laughs> I don't think they did that, but I, I think that's a a concern, I guess, or you know, it could be a concern for some people of like, oh and especially like some of the other like 
maybe more obvious concerns like, oh, it's a distraction or, oh, it's a, in this case, they called it an embarrassment, which is crazy. But the distraction or the, you know, the agenda thing, I think, gets pushed on the queer community a lot of like, Mm -hmm. what is (laughs) your secret agenda? I'm like, my agenda is to like smoke weed and take naps and play Pokemon. So like, great agenda. (laughs) Yeah, the crazy thing about that is that pretty much in, in all circumstances, when people level those accusations, if people are really doing intersectionality, they're not doing, they're, they're not pushing their agenda. Like the whole thing about it is your group that cares about your interests and everything is showing up yes, for other groups fights. Yeah. Yeah. If you're doing it right, you are not getting in the way you are, you are support and you're visible in your support. And I think it's super smart of them to have a very outwardly gay name and to not change their appearance. Like they're saying like, here, who, here's who we are and here's who we support. And it's just like, it's a, it's a circle of support and we see that later like and they make that promise of like hey when it comes down to y'all i will show up for you yeah and that's i think the thing that they're really saying when they say oh you're pushing this agenda or whatever is basically you're being visibly you like you're you're not hiding that and that's what we're it's not that we think that that's taking over or a distraction really it's actually just like we don't we're uncomfortable with this yeah we're uncomfortable with that we're embarrassed that other people are seeing it we don't want to be associated with it Mm -hmm. that's the actual thing uh, uh, you know of what people are expressing when they say that i think i think so too i think it's just a a discomfort of of difference and and you know go back and listen to our queer theory episode and, you know, I've heard bullshit like this, too, of, like, you know, why why is it important that, you know, there is a woman here? Like, you know, shouldn't it not matter? I'm like, yeah, in an ideal world, like, yeah, it should not be remarkable that a woman achieves a high position. But, like, mm. we ain't there, hummy, honey, or hummy. <laughs> so, hummy. <laughs> it sounds like some sort of a non-binary term. You it kind of does. Maybe I'll write it down and put it on my list. <laughs> Listeners, my list is really bad. <laughs> Uh, seriously considering Moogie from Star Trek because I'm a monster. It'd be fine. Okay. (laughs) I think it'd be fine. I'm just going to not tell Kai where it comes from. So they're in the aftermath of getting turned down and they're trying to figure out what the hell to do. This is where Gethin decides to break the first rule of collecting. Always collect with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I do love Steph says comrade earlier, which is great. Yeah. They call each other comrades, so there's a sprinkle. They, did, they didn't go that far, but they, they sprinkled it. <laughs> They're just weird. They just like to say comrade. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about why. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if we like look at the posters in the back or something, we'll see some more nods. I don't know. Still frustrating. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. Gethin goes out alone and, and gets beat up. This is also where we find out that, uh, what's his name? Older guy. I'm really good at movie retellings. Uh, Jonathan Blake. No, no, no. Older nope. Welsh guy. Oh, uh, Cliff Berry. Cliff. We find out that his, he mentions earlier that he has he, a brother that died in the mines, or he had a brother. And we find out that that is Maureen's dead husband. Yeah. Dun, so dun, dun. <laughs> I've been watching Jane the Virgin, which is essentially a telenovela. So <laughs> I love a secret sibling. <laughs> yeah, it's quite the reveal. 
So yeah, uh, Gethin's in the hospital and Bromley doesn't find out because he's on like home lockdown, basically. His mom fucking doesn't tell him that Steph comes by to see him. Everything's bad. Mark takes off because he's freaked out. It's, it's, it's bad times. And then we also find out that Cliff is gay. He comes out to Hafina and she's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which for the record, I've heard is like not a good thing to say when people come out to you, but like... I, this oh, really? is my personal experience. I like it when people are like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That seems sort of validating. Seen. Yeah, you're like, okay, cool. I'm not just like crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I liked it when my therapist was like, yeah, that totally. Okay, yeah. <laughs> makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so that's that's not what you lead with usually. You're not supposed to. Like that is in our some of our ally training materials that I've read, but eh. What are you supposed to say? You're supposed to say, thank you for telling you're me. supposed to say, yeah, like, thank you. Okay, cool. You also, go. good practice to say, like, who all knows, you know, is this, are you out to everybody? Get the, like, get the deets, yeah. Get, yeah, just to know, like, do I need to be careful around certain people? Operational security, we call it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Dave and Dan are like, yeah, good uh, idea. Yeah. Know your cover story. <laughs> Standard practice, man. <laughs> uh, then Dave turns to Dan. I'm gay. <laughs> he goes, thank you for telling me. <laughs> and then he brings out like a chart, like, all right, who do I need to cover? <laughs> um, I would say that I support them, but I don't. I support their personal choices. Do that. That's fine. That's it. I don't mind the gay part. I mind Be the... yourself. Quit the CIA. Yes. Become a patron. Uh, yeah. Dave and Dan, if you want to give us your money, sure. But I'll quit take the it. agency first, man. Yeah. Come on. I guess in one of their final acts of contribution, like their their last bit of money from the benefit, got the miners a new van. It is helpfully branded with uh, donated by LGSM, and it, it has the whole acronym out. It has the pink, it has the triangle on it. Like, it's great. <laughs> they get an awesome gay bus. Their, their previous one was cool, too. I liked it. I like their previous bus, too. I mean, it's real fucked up, but. <laughs> yeah, no, it looked cool. Yeah, I think, you know, the miners are like, I don't want to get in it. And Hafina's like, well, you're not fucking going if you don't. So <laughs> <laughs> I love her. She's so cool. But yes, then we have a, a time jump. We're going over to March 4th, 1985. By this point, the miners strike has actually freshly been called off. It's It's been defeated. Uh, March 3rd, 1985 is basically when they called it quits. Oh. <sighs> So what what they get? Did they get anything? Uh, they didn't really. They got a few deaths. Oh God! People were killed uh, in violence back and forth. Some of it was like anti-scab violence and stuff. Oh yeah, when they do that little band thing with like mm-hmm. the banners and everything, is that when they're going back to work or is that? Yes. Okay. I assume. But that that's in the village, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, it was it was a weird mix of, like, yay, but also boo. <laughs> Everyone looked sad at a par- the saddest parade. Yeah, basically, the union, the union locals, I guess, that were, that had been striking, called for a return to work because so much, uh, because the coal companies were, were fine. You know, they had been hiring scab labor. They had been operating uh, not really even scab so much as just unions that didn't strike you know, working in other places. 
So the it, it just wasn't working. The government was fully willing to use uh, very heavy-handed tactics, uh, just rampant use of police force uh, against people, against uh, pickets, and uh, crack open people's heads and everything. They declared the strike illegal basically because of the balloting thing. And all these combined to just take the strength out from it. You know, it wasn't going to work. They called for a return to work on the condition that people who had been sacked during the strike would be reinstated. So if you lost your job, you're back. But the company rejected that because they were like, why? We don't have to. You guys are coming back in defeat. Fuck. They did agree to postpone the closure of uh, five of the of the mines. But they were just postponing it. Yeah, yeah. they're still going to close it. Like, it still results in a lot of economic problems. Yeah. Uh, but what we see in this scene is uh, something that also did happen in real life that many of these uh, uh, miners, when they returned to work, they did these processions called loyalty parades where they were just kind of showing, like, their own... their union solidarity with each other sticking together and sort of in in the face of defeat okay yeah interesting so that's why it's like the saddest parade or whatever. <laughs> it's pretty much a bummer yeah it's like uh what are we are we celebrating <laughs> okay bad times and then we also find out in this in the next scene that jonathan is hiv positive you know he was apparently one of like the first few people and the UK to be diagnosed, but he's still alive today. So like, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing in that, in that prof- procession that they show oh, yeah. in the movie, they have a banner. One of the banners says workers of the world unite for peace and socialism. Yeah. I saw that. That was one of the more, I was going to said risque, like there's a dick on mm. it or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's two dicks crossing. <laughs> unite. Mmm, Unite. Uh, no, that's that was cool. There's some sick banners in this. Yeah. Yeah, Bromley leaves home, stays with Steph, and, you know, is out on his own. He got kicked out. Well, he, he left, I guess. He does but. a pretty big dramatic. <laughs> like, oh, you guys for suck. real. <laughs> he throws down. During his, like, nephew's christening or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's awkward. So, yeah. We then jump forward to the next Pride Parade of 1985. The group is back together again. Mm-hmm. Mark comes crawling back. Yeah, I, I, he's not too. He's not. He's, he's very peacocky hey, about it. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? He, he marks his way back with his charm and his megaphone. They, you know, go down there. And I, I think this, to me was a great conclusion, not just historically, but also in the language around it. They get to the pride parade and and the organizer says, no politics. You have to march at the back. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, wowza bowza. (laughs) Pride parade. We're not, what are we doing here? But I mean, I Uh, guess there's probably lots of that in those demonstrations. Is that. So I don't know from like a leftist perspective, but I know I, the language the guy uses about like we just we want it to be celebratory. Mm-hmm. I've heard that a lot in in the more not like conservative, but you know, than the not as radical mainstream wing of yeah the the mainstream stream pride movement. 
is, you know, we just want to focus on joy and happiness and like, look at us, we're out and we're proud. And like, that's great. I love, you know, I'm part of the party party. I like a good joy. <laughs> yeah. But like, I also am like angry all the time. And I think that also <laughs> deserves a place. Like I'm, I'm not going to stop fighting for things just because I'm proud and out or whatever, you know, like you can do both. Yeah. And you're proud and you're out and you're safely parading or you're saying like, we're going to safely parade through the streets. Like how is this not a political act or how does that not involve, you know, either legally encoding those, you know, protections and whatever, or like just directly winning them in the streets. That's, that's like, they're pretty political. I mean, these are the folks that think, you know, once we have won certain rights, we're done. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're just trying to be like everybody else. We just want, you know, marriage. We just want health insurance. And those are important things. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm very into being married and I'm very into health insurance. But it's it's the kind of folks who say, like, we just want equality and not, like, fighting for more, I guess. Right. Yeah. We've got to look beyond just the reforms of the system and figure out, well, why, you know, what's actually causing these things instead of little band-aid cures. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's interesting. And I'm curious about the historical accuracy of like the, the organizer for this particular parade saying that, cause it's like, it's still 1985 and like AIDS is like still full blown, you know, everywhere. Mm, Yeah. Like I find that a little unrealistic, like surely like what, at what point do you call it political? Is is asking for gay marriage at that point political? I would say it is. Is, you know, talking about AIDS political? Definitely. Like, does, did those get, groups get sent to the back? Or is it just because mm-hmm. this is like a, a, he calls them a fringe group, you know? What about, like, black people? Did they put them in the back? Like, that would be crazy. Yeah, yeah. It may have just been played up. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was done for the story. If it was, I mean, I think it's it's a great, you know, end of the movie conflict and resolution. Um, it may be a little unrealistic for the time, but I think it's a good conversation to have about our pride movements and about, anyway, we talked about it on the show before, like, yeah, pride parades are now just like fucking Bank of America puts on a rainbow logo and we call it a day. Yay, we, <laughs> we did, did it. it. And, and I don't know, it's, it's frustrating because it does feel like in a lot of ways we are moving backwards towards just please fucking accept and don't kill us. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, I'm personally more at a place of just like, I don't know. I'm 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 in the fine. If we're perverts, then we're perverts stage. Like I'm I'm more angry than contrite. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Anyway, sorry. That was a lot of gay feelings. Um, it happens a lot with me. So they yeah they are getting pushed to the back, but then guess who shows up? The miners. The miners, and not just their little Welsh town, but all of the mining groups. Like their buses and buses and buses. They all have their own banners, and the organizers like, "Fuck! There's too many of y'all. Y'all are now at the front." <laughs> <laughs> Big change. <laughs> Definitely. I love it so much. Uh, the little old lady comes out. She goes, where are my lesbians? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. So cute. Yeah, it's just great. This is where the movie ends and they tell us some historical facts. So, yeah. Yeah. They talk about how the 
Labor Party incorporated rights for gay and lesbians in their party program, like, the next year, basically. Fuck yes. And the way that they didn't wake up one day and say, "Mm, you know, we should do that. (laughs) Uh, It was partially because of this mass block vote by the National Union of Mine Workers. Hell yeah. Again, show up for each other's fights, you know. I mean, and not like in a pure self-serving way, like, oh, if I do this, maybe look right. this. And like, yeah, maybe that is part of the equation. But like, again, you're fighting the same bad guy. Right. And honestly, it's fine if that is part of the equation. I'm not going <laughs> to fault you for it. I mean. Yeah, whatever. Even in your, you know, strategizing like that, you're doing a good thing. You're still showing up and, and taking part in the class struggle. And result is the same. Yeah. Be calculating if you wish. Probably don't lead with that. Don't tell people. <laughs> but the the better, you know, the, the more pure way to do that is to be there for your comrades and understand that in doing so, in taking part in that class struggle, you'll build up your class consciousness and they'll realize they are your comrades and they'll be there for you. Yeah, yeah. And I just... Again, just because I think queer issues are just so, again, shouldn't be, but controversial at the moment, particularly trans issues. You know, if you think, I'm not trying to be Mr. Scary Pants here, but if you think you are safe because you have your rights enshrined for now, (laughs) the key word is there, for now, they're not going to stop at trans people. And it's something we always talk about when we're saying about political freedoms and the extent to which you have any sort of democratic input in the government is how easily can they ratchet that stuff back, you know, in terms of the political process. Same thing with with, uh, civil rights protections is how easily can they ratchet that back if it now isn't in the interest of the state to protect, you know, to protect different groups. And like abortion, look where we are there. Like we, there is a definite backward slide happening right now. And we can't just depend on respectability politics to get out of it. We can't just depend on like, oh, well, I'm, I'm one of the, you know, the good case or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm not too out there. I'm not that flamboyant. I'm not rubbing it in or whatever. Like they're going to fucking come for you too. They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like if you don't fit in with their worldview, like they're coming. So solidarity and this is a good movie to learn about it yeah uh i love this movie it's funny um abby watched it with me and she was like i actually liked this movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah she texted me was like i don't usually like grady's movies but i like this one (laughs) (laughs) so i yeah i really enjoyed it great music lots of stuff by the smiths very fun very good fashion i love just their gay friend group super cool i want to be all of them at the same time (laughs) (laughs) a lot of gender goals in this film um yeah very cool what's your star rating Mm, out of five out of five or out of ten or whatever you want to do i think we normally do five we do but i just didn't want to be restrictive (laughs) thanks i'll go with a 4.5 yeah, I had to think about it. I considered going all the way down to a four because the communist leaving that out thing kind of pisses me off. And the Bromley notes were fine, but I don't know if I needed it. But it's not like it made it 
sorry, I'm watching a, a cocktail competition show, so it didn't pull away from the experience. I don't know if it enhanced it. Ah, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys, so <laughs> Drink Masters on Netflix. There's this judge, he's so fucking uppity. And that's coming from me. <laughs> Every drink, he's like, I don't know if this drink has structure. I'm like, what the is there a bridge in there? Like, what kind of structure are you talking about? What? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so that is my now go-to, like, snooty comment about a beverage. <laughs> I don't know about the structure. <laughs> I guess I can see that if it's just literally just sh- all, everything shaken together. It, it means like composition, right? Like Maybe. How many ice cubes, maybe layering or Or maybe rim. was it about mouthfeel, maybe? Then, like, I don't know. It was weird. It was a weird comment, and he says it like almost every episode. It could be like a celebrity guest saying it needs more salt. It could be, yeah. And like just he just needs something phrase. to pick on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's a pretty fun show. But yeah, my rating is four point five. Love it, love it, love it. I don't like that they censored the communism. We accept the gays, but communism too far. <laughs> uh, they tried. I'm still giving it four point five. That's the only thing I was going to dock. Is just the comment, and mainly, you know, it's not really not my personal thing of it, but just Mark Ashton seemed like this is basically was. I mean, this was his deal uh, as far as being like a, a true, real, out and out communist, more so than yeah. either of us are talking about. <laughs> right? it. You know, this guy was in the movement. He was general freaking secretary. Yeah, like that was his whole deal. That's a pretty big thing to leave out yeah <laughs> i would be super interested if they you know showed them coordinating with the communist party or something like that'd be cool yeah but alas that's <laughs> the, the, the brownlee thing didn't bother me as much it was, it's, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, you know, yeah i was into it um end of story <laughs> <laughs> i want to i want to get back to playing pokemon now so what are we doing next week next week uh, we're going to be talking about the Knights of Labor. Okay, cool. I hope they're really cool because... I mean, do they exist anymore? Spoiler alert, I no, guess. No, they're, they're not okay. around. So does that mean we can make merch of like some cool... Because uh, I love medieval art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can I make some weird medieval art inspired by them <laughs> and like sell it on shirts? Uh, probably, yeah. We, You know, they, they don't have an unblemished record, but... Well, we'll discuss it. Yeah, we'll discuss it. And we'll see if you feel the same way once we're done. Ooh, okay. Um, I just really love... There's a Twitter account. Hold on. Let me find it. I've probably sent you so many images from this Twitter account. You're like, oh, I know. <laughs> oh, this one? Medieval cats or whatever? <laughs> Something or like drawing that. animals that you've never seen. Oh, it's, it's just a great genre. <laughs> um, let me see. Let me just go to my likes tab on Twitter because it's going to be like, you mean this? No, this is a Pokemon thing. That's a video of a seal. <laughs> it's the Bakail seal, the the one from the lake in Russia. Mm, okay. They always look like they're about to cry. Ooh. Look up Bakail seal. They look really sad. This is our dicking around the internet section. Enjoy. Oh, Bakail. Okay. Bakail. I don't know how to spell it. Yeah, Google fixed it for me. Oh, these guys. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> okay, anyway, the original thing I was looking up on Twitter is uh, it's called Weird Medieval, at Weird Medieval, and they share really weird medieval pictures. It's good. It's fucking weird and good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen a lot of this. I'm sure me. I've sent you several. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm big into medieval aesthetics. I got to see probably one of my favorite 
Paris experiences was getting to go to the Clooney Museum, which has the unicorn tapestry. Mm. And oh, it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I just love weird medieval faces. It's like cartoons. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll talk about Knights of Labor next week. They're not medieval. They're just knights. I just went on a medieval tangent. Yeah. They were not. I can't be controlled. (laughs) From the 1800s. Okay. It might as well be. All right. Uh, So, yeah, tune in to learn more. Cool. All right. Bye. Goodbye. Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to our notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up-and-coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So, ain't gonna line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.